Some of you may know or you may not know that one of the biggest crimes in the United States is identity theft. There are many people who try to take on another identity. There are many people who try to um, try to get somebody else's credit card so that they could get what they want, or they even try to get passports so that they could have a different identity. There are people who have gone around the world who have basically taken on a whole other identity because they were a criminal, and they've lived their life all through life with a different identity. There was a movie once called Face Off, where, some, where, where Nicolas Cage basically changed his whole face to change his identity. For us tonight, we need to recognize that we have an identity. What is identity? Identity is basically who we are. What do we represent? Who is it that we are trying to be like? A lot of us are known by the way we dress. A lot of us are known by the different um, brands that we wear or the way we fix our hair or the list goes on. But truly tonight, if you're a born-again believer, your identity needs to be in Jesus Christ. We need to recognize that no matter what happens, no matter who we say or what we wear, we're not representing Chicago Bears or Nike. We're representing Christ. So it goes a lot to say by what we have on. What's the first thing that someone looks at before they can see anything about us? The way we look. As we look tonight, we're going to look in the book of Matthew, and there's a very familiar passage that I don't want us to just read tonight and just go tonight and think, well, I've heard that over and over. But I want us to recognize tonight what Jesus is truly saying. As we think about these words in, in Matthew, as, as we look at it tonight, these words in Matthew speak to the heart of our identity. We were created by God to be a difference maker in this world. Like salt in a bland meal, we are to liven up the world around us for the sake of of Christ. Like light, our lives, we are supposed to dispel the darkness of the fallen world we live in. As Jesus says, our lives are literally to be lived in such a way that people observe us and are left to offer praise to God. And yet, and yet, as we think of today, there are so many teenagers and adults today who fail to live up what their God-given identity truly is. You see, tonight, if you call yourself a Christian, you're not Nicholas Rogers anymore. You are an ambassador of Christ. You are a representation of Christ. You see, the worst thing that we need to, the thing we need to understand tonight is this, is that if somebody looks at our life and we call ourselves a Christian and we act this way that doesn't have nothing to do with Christ, you know what happens? They don't want nothing to do with Christ. Why do you think so many people don't want to come to church? Because what do they say? Church is full of what? Hypocrites. The church is full of these type of people. But guess what? None of us are perfect. You see, tonight, as we look at the book of Matthew, we need to recognize this is Jesus preaching, and he's, and he's trying to let the people understand, look, this is what you're supposed to be. Let me ask a question. What does salt do? What does salt do? Huh? Add flavor, right? How many of you have ever had fries with, like, you know, one thing I always love to do, I always like to go to McDonald's. I've actually used to do this for, I used to do um, pals. I used to come there and teach them. I used to bring two different types of fries. I was going to do it tonight, but it would have been too cold by now to even think about it. But I have one fries, one set of fries with salt, one without salt. Which one do you think tastes better? 
Who said without salt? That's, that's very few of you all. Who said with salt? All right? The majority of us will say with salt, right? We want our fries with salt. And that's why I think that McDonald's has the best fries because they must be drenched with salt. All right? All right. But that's, listen, that's like what Jesus is saying here. And I want, us to, I want us to really look at Matthew 5, 13 and 16. says this, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled on the people's feet. Let me stop there for a second. Because we have to recognize that if salt has lost its taste, it's no good. It's no more good. It's no, in no sense, you can't revive it. It's no way of saying, all right, I'm going to do something else with the salt. No, it's done. It's finished. You see, that's what happens to us in our Christian life. That's not what happens to us as we call ourselves a believer and we trash the name of Jesus Christ. Because what are we doing? We are losing other people's souls because they're looking at our lives and saying, look, why do I want that? If you call yourself a Christian and you act that way, you're no different than me. You see, too many times in our world, we just think, you know what? I, I became a Christian. I got my fire insurance. I'm not going to hell so I can live my life the way I want because you know what? It doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter anymore. I got the fire insurance. I'm not going to hell. That's all I became a Christ for. But guess what? But guess what? Guess what? It's so much more than that. You have taken on an identity. You are a saint. You are Jesus Christ. You are his, you're taking on his identity in your life. You see, just like a lot of us who, who in this room, we like different sports teams. We like different brands. We're going to wear those brands and we're going to wear them till who knows, you know, till they fade out and we can't wear it no more. You know what? That's how we are to be with Jesus Christ in a sense. We are to be an identity to him that people get so tired of us talking about Christ because you know what? We live it. We're supposed to be difference makers here. And I don't know about you, but as I look out in this world, I look especially on this island, what do I see? I see a lot of people dying. I see a lot of people probably dying and going probably to hell. And you know what? It's because we as Christians, we need to do a better job of representation of God. Verse 14 says, You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Now let me just stop there for a second because we need to recognize exactly what light does. If we turned every light off in this room, we would have darkness. If I turn one flashlight on, darkness is gone. It's finished. And that's what we're supposed to do. You ever recognize the world? What is it? It's dark. It's a lot of people dying. It's a lot of people who are not living for God. It's a dark world. It's not supposed to be a perfect world. But you know what? We're supposed to bring hope to the world. Because we are a light. What's the first thing you do when the power goes off? And that happens a lot. What's the first thing you do? Get a flashlight. All right, listen. You try, listen. 
you try to find a light. Whether it be, listen, whether it be the kerosene lamp, whether it be the flashlight, whether it be your phone just to turn it on, you want some type of light. And you know what happens? Darkness is gone. Darkness is gone. And what they're saying is this. Look, we need to recognize that, hey, this, this is a light that's on a city. And you have to recognize what was in those days because there was a lot of land, and then all of a sudden they would see light. They would see a light, and that would be a city. And you know what? The, the light could never hide because it was so high on the hill that people saw the lights. How many of you have ever been in a country in the States? Like in a country where there's not the city, you know, a country where there's a lot of farmland or whatever, and then all of a sudden you come up and it's like, bam, like light is just like over, you know, it's like you could see the light in the distance. It was dark for, you know, you're, you're wondering like, I'm on this road and I'm wondering if this is a horror movie that someone's going to just come out now and be, you're be scared to death and you're like wondering what's going to happen. Then all of a sudden light comes and what happens? When you see light, what normally happens? You feel what? Safer. You feel safe. That's what we're supposed to be. We who call ourselves Christians, we need to take the identity of Christ and we need to be a light that shines bright for Christ. You know, I love this passage of Scripture. And you want me to tell you why this passage of Scripture has a, a serious and, a, and a, an impact on me? Because this was actually the first ever passage or sermon that I ever talked about before in my life in Bermuda. I spoke in this passage. And it's because I think that you know why this has to take on that means because this is what we're supposed to be. We are to be light. We're supposed to be bright. But yet we as Christians so many times, we fail this identity. You see, one thing we have to recognize is that God is never going to let us down. He's never going to fail us. He's always there for us. Verse 15 says, Nor... Do people light a lamp and put it on a basket, but on a stand it gives light to the, all in the house? See, what sense does it make to put a, a light on a, a thing, light a light, and then put a basket over it? What good is that? Nothing. It's, it's not light anymore. It's not light. You see, we need to recognize this. We are the difference makers. You ever, you ever watch, let me ask a question, how many of you watch sports? All right, you watch sports. Before the game, they always have this, they say, this might be, the, this is going to be the difference maker. This person needs to step up today in order to make a difference on this team to win. It's just like us. Me and you as a believer, we need to step up to the plate and be ready to, to win people for Christ. We need to be a light that shines bright. We need to be attracting people to Christ, not pushing them away. Because of the way I act. That's what we need to be. We need to be a difference. We need to make a difference. And verse 16, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. You see, this is so key because look here, we're not doing this for our self-glory. You know, we're not saying, hey, look at me. I'm shining for Christ. Hallelujah. Look at me. I'm a great guy. Look at me. Hey. We're not doing that. We're saying, you know what? I'm pointing to Christ. But you know what? You know what? It's so sad because you know what? All right, a lot of our identity in here has been theft. 
We are given Jesus Christ's bad identity. What would happen if I came on your campus at school one day, and I was there with your friends, and you were having your talk? Would you really want me there? But you know what's sad about all that? There's someone greater than me there, and that's God himself. You see, you can't hide from God. You can't hide from him. You could hide from me, you could hide from your parents, you could hide from everyone else, but guess what? No one can hide from God. You see, God doesn't want us, or Jesus doesn't want us to have identity theft. He doesn't want us to say, well, I'm going to be like Jesus on Sunday, but Monday, that's me. There's no two ways here. You're either with Jesus or you're not. You either represent him or not. What are you doing? And the thing is, we need to recognize that this is all for the glory of God. Not for me. Not for me. I, you know what? I can't, and, and we have people who are in churches who do the same thing. You know what? They make it all about themselves. I did this. I did that. I did this. I did, you know, the list goes on. But guess what? You didn't do anything because God let you do it. You see, we've got to be careful. 1 Peter 2.12 says, Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God in the day of visitation. You see, keep your conduct great among everyone. All right? Keep it good. Because you know what? What's going to happen? How many of you have ever been told, um, someone came to your parents and said something about you that wasn't true? But let me add a question. All right, let me add the question. Here's the question. Could somebody vow for you that that's not you? Could your parents, could your parents say, oh, I know a lot of parents are blind and say, that's not my little Johnny. <laughs> that's not my little, you know, I wouldn't call him John in. That wasn't just a friend. But, you know, that's not, that's not my little girl. It can't be. they perfect. They're a little angel. Listen. Listen, the point is this. The point is this. If we're living our lives to please God, and we're living our lives on a daily basis to bring honor and glory to Him, when people come against us, our good works, our good relationship with Christ will speak louder than that. Are there going to be people who's going to come and talk bad about you? Yes, there are. But let your good works, let the people who speak bad about you, that they see your good works and they glorify your God in heaven. You see, people are going to get jealous of you when you take stand for God. They're going to get jealous. It's so easy to fit in with everybody. So tonight, how can we apply this? We can look a little bit more at this in our small groups. What would people say, what would people say at school if I asked them what type of person you are? What would they say? I want to think about that. You can talk a little bit about this. Listen. Do you shine bright for Christ wherever you go? Is your, is your relationship with Christ the most important thing? 
You know, I know some of you, you know, you're starting to get these relationships and you think sometimes because I got a girlfriend, a boyfriend, and I'm, I'm the thing now. That's it. You know, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm it right now. But guess what? Listen, first thing that got to happen is this. Who are y'all pursuing? Who are y'all representing? I represent God. Thirdly, do you compromise your relationship in Christ around your friends? Fourthly, how can you bring flavor to those around you? Fifth, what are some things that you can change to be a better example of a Christ around you? You see, we need to recognize this. That Christ himself came to this earth to die for us. He took on all our sin and shame, not so that we could just throw his name out there when we want, being name dropper, but he wants us to understand, hey, we, gotta, we bring on his identity. We represent him. So the question for us tonight is this. Is your identity in Christ? Do you truly know Christ as your Savior? Do you truly represent Him in a way that's pleasing to Him? First of all, you've got to have that relationship. Because if you don't have a relationship with Christ, then your identity is in the world. And your identity is slowly taking you straight to hell. Make things right. With God. For those of us who call ourselves believers, what does the world think of us? Do they know that I'm a Christian? Do they know you're a Christian in school? I've been there. I know what it's like in school to play the game. Because you know what? You want to be popular. When they start talking about this girl, yeah, I jumping in and talking about her too. When they're looking at these things, yeah, you go in there too. What about standing up? But no matter what someone may say about you. But you know what, as guys, what we are? We're scared to take a stand. Because you know what we're scared of? We're scared to say, well, you're a sissy, eh? Girls, same thing with you. When someone's gossiping and, and, and tearing down somebody, what do you do? Slap, just stay there and just join in and say, yeah, so-and-so, yeah. Or do you take a stand? And say, you know what, that's not right. Recognize tonight that, hey, your identity is in Christ. And if we say we represent him, that's how we're supposed to be. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your love, for your grace, and your mercy. Father, we thank you that we can have identity in you. We think of grace. And what a gift it is that we can call you our Father. I can't imagine, Father, as, as I think of people around the world, people in places that can't worship freely. Father, I thank you for the gift that we have. And Father, so much time we take it for granted. And Father, I pray tonight that you would help us, that you would guide us, even in our small groups, that you would just bring up good discussion. And Father, I pray that you would help us to just honor you in all that we do. We thank you and praise you for all you've done in Jesus' name. Amen.